Welcome to season two of Soul Conversations, a podcast where two Korean adoptees uncover the heart and soul of what it means to be both Asian American and adopted to sharing of adoptee stories. I'm Benny. And I'm Shanae. And this week, we are joined by fellow Korean adoptee, Courtney Vasco. Welcome, Courtney. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is a fun episode for me because, uh, Courtney, you and I know each other personally. And we both grew up in a very small town called Randolph. And I remember you were just down the road, down Highway 73. (laughs) Yep, yep. I just think it's so crazy that we lived that close to each other. We were in the same grade. We went to school from kindergarten to freshman in college. Freshman in college, yes. UW-Milwaukee. You were there when I cried every day. I cried every day. Um, Oh my gosh. But you you stuck it out. I did stick it out. I want to know how your experience was at UW-Milwaukee eventually later in the episode. But um, before we even go there, you brought up a good point. Like there were times, at least for me, Courtney, where I felt like I was the only one out there, the only person who felt, you know, different or was a Korean adoptee, but you were also there. What was your thoughts about me? Did you feel like I was another Korean or like another regular person out there living in Randolph? Well, I feel like I just thought of you as just another regular person that lived in Randolph that we shared something that other people haven't, right? We were both Korean and people confused that we were brother and sister. So yes, all the time, just because, you know, population, what, 1800 <laughs> and there were two Korean kids in there. So we had yeah. to be related. Yeah. Give us some credit though. Randolph was 2000 we were, when we lived uh, together in the same town. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I do remember sometimes people would mistake you as Missy, my sister. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this conversation is going nowhere. I don't have time to explain that there's another Korean person out there. Um, Right. But uh, yeah, I remember going to your house for get togethers. You, we just talked about your brother and your sister and your mom and your dad. I, they were all like family friends of mine too, as well. Later on in life, going to to house parties. (laughs) We didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do remember, though, we hung around the same group of friends and it was really enjoyable. But it was hard for me to like associate ourselves as a Korean community, even though there was only two of us, because it'd be interesting to know what your thoughts are, Courtney. But at that point, I just didn't want to be associated with that at all. So mm-hmm. having another person that looked like me or was Korean just felt like, nope, don't want to, don't want to think about that. I just want to be a normal kid and not stick out. Mm-hmm. Well, and I definitely crave that as well. Like I wanted to not stick out. I wanted to be a normal kid, but then I started when, when we were in high school, I just still remember your sister saying, you guys should go to UWM. There is there's so much culture. There's so many Asian people there. And I was like, what? Like, that's why I went to UWM. I was like, I'm gonna, you know, learn so much and maybe get some new friends and develop relationships and maybe learn more about my culture. Um, And that's 
that's ultimately why I went to UWM. And it's really? the only college I applied to. <laughs> but I, yeah. yes, I, I really, that's why your sister sold it to me. And mm-hmm. I thought that I could definitely just more embrace my culture more and learn more things. And I know that Milwaukee is bigger, so maybe there would be more things to do or to learn and experience. Yeah. So you and I have lived on different floors, Mm -hmm. Um, actually different towers our freshman year, cross paths. We also had similar friend groups. What was your experience though when you got to Milwaukee? I had complete culture shock. In the dorms, you had like the suites. So like I had a roommate, but then we shared the same bathroom. And then there was another room next to us that had other Mm -hmm. people in there. So there was five to like our little bathroom. And I had a black sweet mate who was a lesbian. So coming from Randolph, I, I mean, I feel like we were very sheltered. It was a, it was mm-hmm. very culture shock to mm-hmm. me. So it was great. I, I mean, I didn't like that it was a commuter college. So there was nothing for, I mean, we could stay on campus. And I know Katie and I did a lot, mm-hmm. but we would take turns calling our parents to see if they could take us and pick us up to take us home. Yep. But then it got better because I got to know people, you know, like my sweet mates specifically, and we got to hang out more. And then by the time I already put into transfer, I didn't want to leave, but like I really? took, yeah, I took Southeast Asian studies with actually Michael. Okay. Michael, you know, was he your roommate? Oh yeah, Mike. Yes, yeah, Mike, Mike. Mike. Yes. <laughs> and I thought I was gonna learn about Korea, but Southeast Asian mm. studies was not. It was like the Vietnamese yep. and you know things like that, and I was way off. So. It was just very interesting, though, because primarily the people in my class were Laos and Cambodian. I did learn a lot from that class, and my teacher actually submitted me to one outstanding student. So I got from the University of Milwaukee, I got a letter that recognizes in an outstanding student, and I got it from her class, even though I didn't learn about (laughs) anything from Korea. (laughs) But I feel like it was a good experience for me. Mm -hmm. And I am sad that I didn't stay because I feel like I would have probably dived more into my culture or more making more relationships with different people. But I went back to being safe and transferred colleges. And yeah, I do want to get into other topics, but I am interested in, in knowing too as well. So you and I really didn't talk about our career and heritage at all together in growing up. Like you said before, I have known you since like pre-K. But you know, as we get older, and now that we're both talking together now, I, I definitely feel that we have some things that we could have talked about. So I'm interested in knowing when you made that decision to go to Milwaukee, you mentioned stuff like there there would be more diversity in a larger city and a lot more opportunity to make new friends. Where did that stem from? Is that something that you were yearning for as you were applying to colleges? And I probably can assume too, we all had a lot of friends that went to the same three or four colleges. I was ready to get out of that and do my own thing. Very similar to what you replied in your sentiments, but where did that stem from? I think that just in general, I mean, 
I think even at a young age, I just wanted to belong. And I'm not saying I had a terrible support system, but I just wanted to, you know, connect. And besides like you, I wanted to connect with more people that maybe felt like I did or, you know, looked like I did so that I wasn't like odd, like I wasn't sticking out. I wasn't different. Mm -hmm. I do feel too a little bit my freshman year and even throughout college that I was hoping to make a, a larger, or I shouldn't say larger, but meet a different diverse group of people. And I did. And I think the culture shock was maybe not big at all for me, but there were still times when I was in a 300 person lecture room and I was the only person that was a person of color. And I also remember Courtney, you may not remember this, but we were outside one night, maybe after going out and we're walking into this huge dorm complex and we had a shooting going on in Wisconsin where a person shot another deer hunter and a group of people saw us walking and someone made a comment that said like, I hate Hmong people. And I just thought like, wow, you know, we went to a different city, but we still experienced these wildly racist and uneducated ideas or thoughts of who people are. And that is dangerously getting blanketed across so many different topics. And mm -hmm. I did feel like, I didn't say don't want to feel duped, but I did feel like no matter where you are and where you go, there's always going to be this perception of you, whether it's positive or negative. But I'm glad that I stuck it out in Milwaukee. It's definitely brought me some really good insight. And uh, I missed it when you left. We, I think we had a good I freshman know. year. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that being said, just wanted to hear about your origin story. So I was adopted and I have two siblings that are not adopted. So my parents were told that they couldn't have children. So they went ahead with the adoption process and uh, adopted me. And I came June 10 and my brother was born on uh, November 16th. So my parents had essentially Irish twins. And then my sister was born three four years later. And so, yeah, I have two siblings and I'm the only one that's adopted. How did that with you being not only the oldest child and the only adoptee child, but how did that play out in the dynamic between you and your brother and sister growing up? Growing up, it was a little tough. I did feel some resentment when I would go on trips or we would go out as a family because I just felt that I could feel people looking at us and I felt judged, you know, that we were different and that I could be a friend of the family or I wasn't, I was Chad's girlfriend or, you know, when we got older, but it, it just, I had a little bit of, resentment, nothing they did, but just that I was different. Mm -hmm. Chad's, Chad's your brother. Chad yeah. is my brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious too. I know some of my friends are also adoptees and they're the firstborn, first child. Did you ever feel like you, or I guess that your parents had your siblings because you weren't enough 
Did that ever cross your mind at any point growing up? Um, it was an accident for, I think, my brother and sister to even become in, you know, come into the picture. So I, I don't feel like I've ever felt like that I wasn't enough. You know, they wanted to have kids. So me coming in and then having my brother and my sister, I don't feel like that was ever something that crossed my mind. Did our parents ever talk about adopting from Korea, South Korea, or not? Was that just like a, a the wildly coincidental thing? You know, that's a really good question. And I think that it was a wildly coincidental thing because like I'm the oldest, whereas Jason was the oldest in your family. So I feel mm-hmm. like they might have not ever met, or, you know, like had a reason to talk or get to know each other. But I don't think they talked. And I guess I never even asked either my parents what made them pick South Korea either, mm-hmm. which I should maybe ask. That's a curious thing too, because it's only been recently since I've talked to Rose and Wally, my parents, Courtney, you know them. Mm-hmm. just about- Mayor Giuliani. <laughs> yes. For all <laughs> our listeners, my dad looks like Mayor Giuliani, take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> quick side story, but when we, we went to go to New York City a few times when- we were all younger and um, he used to get free stuff because he he looks so uncanny like him. People thought he was actually the mayor. Oh my God. I would like to say I would like to say I feel like I was the first person to say that. But anyways. Hey, you know what? It still sticks with them. I think people still razz him about it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so with that being said, Courtney. We, we hit on this before a little bit about us growing up and not really talking about the obvious that we were both Korean, but we we just kind of had a chat before we started recording. I'm interested in knowing if you feel safe to share, like your experiences growing up in Randolph, because my perception of you, you were very popular. You had a really solid group of friends, very likable. We, You and I hung around the same group of friends that night, if you know what I mean. Uh, we were both involved <laughs> in sports. and. Just felt like, you know, you're very well liked, but we just discussed that, you know, there are some things that we hide or maybe not talk about around other people that we don't know about deep down inside. Um, So I'd love to hear if you're willing to share just what your thoughts were just growing up in a small town. Point blank. Yeah, I feel like overall, I had a positive experience. I don't think that... (sighs) It weighed on me that traumatic things happened, but there were things that still obviously stuck with me, like comments that were made that I still remember (laughs) to this day that, you know, I should probably let go, you know, like little comments where, and again, I think it's parents that don't teach their kids or, or like educate their children so that the ignorance is there because example, friend's mom, dogs were barking. And the mom's like, well, it's because you're darker that they're barking. And I'm like, uh, what? One, dogs are colorblind. But I, I was like, really taken aback by that. But again, if that's what a parent is going to say, how mm. am I supposed to expect the people that I hang out with or around to, you know, think differently? It doesn't excuse it, but I don't know. I feel like I've also taken a lot where the comments have been made or, you know, 
things get said and I just let it roll off my shoulders enough that I feel like it's acceptable because I feel like also if I don't have a reaction, maybe they won't say it or because they don't get a rise out of me, you know, they'll stop. But I I mean, for the most part, I feel like I was never picked on for just being Asian. There were some dumb boys that made comments, but, you know, like for the most part, I remember, you know, one of my friends was like, I just wish I was like you though, because you look different than everybody else. Like you don't have to do this to stand out. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, I would give anything not to, you know, but yeah, I I mean, I always thought even when I was in high school, I think I would talk to the guidance counselor, like I'm getting out of Randolph. The minute I graduate, I'm getting out of Randolph and I'm going to a big city. (laughs) and then here I am so (laughs) yeah for listeners Courtney you you kind of live in the same area a little bit and that's also interesting too because I asked you in the pre-call has your perceptions changed of our area that we grew up in and the people there and do you think people have changed perception about you and I thought you gave some interesting answers like we see you as Courtney type of thing but maybe if you want to elaborate on that a little bit Sure. I feel like for everybody else, I'm still just Courtney, right? Like, I I mean, I do get worried about my safety sometimes because (laughs) I feel like if somebody said small town, right? Hey, do you know where Courtney lives? They'd be like, oh yeah, just like down the road to the left, you know, boom, you know, Mm their dateline, right? But Mm -hmm. I feel like the perception of me I mean, I feel like people, I feel like Randolph has, not Randolph, but I just feel like this, this town has evolved um, more accepting. I hope so. I don't think that people perceive me any differently. I think they just see me. Yeah. And is that something that you feel satisfied about or or is that something that you want to explore more and feel like you are a a Korean, that's part of you as well, that you're you're a Korean adoptee and you have a Korean American heritage? Yeah, I would would like to explore that more. And I just want to, you know, make a difference. I want to, whether that's me being a Korean adoptee or people seeing me as Courtney, I want... In life, I mean, I feel like that might be everybody's purpose, but to make a difference. Like if I were to die tomorrow, them say she made a difference in my life, whether big or small, I just feel like that's ultimately what I would want. Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, connecting with your Korean heritage and kind of going back to your roots, you had told a story in the pre-call Um, about when you were little and about how your mom loved books and how you knew you were adopted because she had a book about it. And something that you said I thought was cute, but it really, it stood out about how you were little and went past the library and said like, that's where I need to go to learn about where I'm from. I just thought that it was really poignant that you said that because it's kind of, I think so many of us feel like, where do we go to learn about where we're from? And, you know, just that pure innocence as a child to be like that building with all the books that, you know, <laughs> that my mom has that that tells me all these answers. But what steps have you taken so far as, as an adult in your journey to kind of connect to your Korean heritage or learn more about it? 
Well, I, I mean, besides Google, I guess, um, I also recently, well, last year did the 23andMe because we have no information on my, it would be my mom, the, uh, per the adoption stuff. It was mm. my mom, the dad wasn't in the picture. So I just thought, Hey, wouldn't that be a cool place to start? Wouldn't that be cool if, even if anything, like I got like a a little bit of information about my background and heritage and things like that. So there is a second cousin on there that I, that we would have the same like grandparents. I don't know how that works. It, it shows you, but except she won't accept my <laughs> request, <laughs> but it's just like, I thought that was so it would it would maybe help find you know like my my birth mom or information about that but um yeah it was it's very interesting the 23 and me is very interesting and i feel like i should look it up but i just recently it kind of can change every once in a while because it evolves and stuff like that but i am like 97 0.3% Korean, Seoul, South Korean, and then 2.7% Japanese. You also mentioned you you tried bubble tea. <laughs> you tried bubble tea in Madison. Yep. And it, you it, didn't realize it was <laughs> you dairy. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I feel like you guys didn't really do a disclaimer earlier when you <laughs> what you said what was in there. You can but get those... it without dairy. As a fellow lactose intolerant <laughs> Korean adoptee, you can get it without the milk. You can get like a like a green tea base with no milk. Gotcha. And you can get those those balls, right? It's optional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Ben, <laughs> your face right now. You look so excited to try it, and by so excited, I mean not excited at all. <laughs> oh no, I'm excited. I'm just gonna get the whole. Did menu you try it? Did you try it yet? No, no. I'm I'm going to. I'm going to. Well, there was a bubble tea. There was a. Shanae, help me off this. There's a there's an ingredient shortage here, a little oh, bit yeah, ago. The tapioca, the tapioca balls. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a shortage, I think, because shipping got held up or something, or there something was because I think it comes by. Oh my gosh, now I I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I think it comes by, um, like cargo ship, and something happened, like the, uh, they got held up. Uh, probably like yeah, supply chain got yeah. something. <laughs> they should also have a disclaimer because the straws you get are huge, and then if you suck up those tapioca balls. They like literally get lodged in your throat. <laughs> You're like warning this drink contains a choking hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh. drink if you're an infant or Courtney. Correct. <laughs> or lactose. Um, you mentioned too that you were considering maybe going to explore more Korea too as well. Yes. I would love to go back. That is one of my goals maybe by 40. I feel like I'm only getting older though. So that's not leaving that much time. Maybe I should say 50, but that is definitely (laughs) on my bucket list to go do. Um, I did have this like very big fear that if I would go there, I wouldn't be allowed to come back. 
Like, I don't know. Mm. That's just like one of my like fears. I don't know why that they'd be like, Oh, your passport's wrong or that you can't leave. And then I don't know. I don't know what I would do, but we had a few friends that were there, Ben, you know, and they said that it's so Americanized, especially like Seoul. So I, I guess, yeah, I, I would, I still would love to go. So Courtney, we were trying to think about the last time you and I talked and we both came out with a saying it was our five year high school reunion. And that would have been 2009, right? Yep. Yeah. 2009. But I've known you for so long, but there's been so many different blind spots or so many different perceptions of what I thought you wanted to do in life or wanted to explore with your Korean heritage. So all this to me is wildly unexpected in a good way. Sometimes when we grow up in a small town, people like to stay there, which is nothing wrong with that. My parents are the same way. But just the the yearning to like get to Milwaukee, I didn't know that. I didn't expect that. Or just trying to explore more of your heritage, that was surprising to me. But it's always good to hear some of those stories that we really didn't talk about in middle and elementary and high school, even though we know deep down that we both probably had those challenges or urges to find belonging or a sense of acceptance. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, Courtney, since you have kind of come back to that same area and now, you know, of course, talking to Benny and realizing that there are things that you didn't talk about, if you could talk to yourself in high school or your middle school self from where you are now, what would you say? Well, I would say probably suck it up because I would have stayed at UW-Milwaukee. I think my life would have been a lot different because I think I would have probably stayed within the area with like job-wise, right? I would have graduated and probably found something in that area and probably stayed big city. But um, I feel like as a freshman, though, I did not know what I wanted to do. And that was, I think, my biggest problem. I think that I would have said it's okay to feel how you're feeling and to explore those things. And I think maybe even sooner. But again, hindsight, you think that at the time that's what you want to do. But again, like talking to you guys earlier about going to those festivals, I don't think that we truly appreciate things. It's in time. You know, like I appreciate things now more. Like I would like to learn more about, you know, my culture and embracing that more or like celebrating a Korean holiday and thinking how, cause like, like the Chinese do the new year. And I just think how cool would that be if I had, I'm sure I could make my, you know, friends I have now, you know, celebrate, but like to really truly appreciate, you know, and like do a holiday up. I think that would be so fun. On that note, have you two ever thought about, because now, you know, we're talking about doing some Korean holidays and traditions and things. Have you two ever thought about doing a holiday? And Courtney, you mentioned, you know, my your friends now would, would do it with you. But whenever I think about it, if I think about doing, you know, like the new year or something, it's just in my head, I picture me who doesn't really know what they're doing. And then the people that are celebrating it with me are just a bunch of white people. Does anybody else? Do you guys also have that image? Yes. (laughs) Yes. You feel weird. Yes. Yes. I'm shaking my head on camera. (laughs) 
I, I think there's also a lot of pressure too, where it feels like, okay, you're 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 invited in this to this thing. You must know everything about it. And I know. I'm sure my friends don't think they think that at all, but it does feel kind of like, oh, now I need to feel like the expert on something that I'm also don't know anything about. I know. I feel like I would need to be like Courtney's mom and be there with like my stack of books that I'm <laughs> frantically flipping through to reference. Right. Well, and I feel like it'd have to be like really good, right? It'd have mm-hmm. to be a killer party because otherwise it probably wouldn't happen again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Courtney, I have a proposal to make to you. Okay. Um, we talked about um, you went to a wedding recently with a few of our friends. By the way, tell them I say hi. Um, we I don't will. have to name out names, but they talked about you being a good planner. And speaking of uh, high school reunions, doing the next one. And I would totally be down to come back and, and participate. But we should just have like a little side one where we do like a Korean festival or something like that and have like cuisine or something I would totally be down to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I haven't been to Colorado, so should we just have in Colorado? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be fun. I think it would be a good celebration, and also too, like I haven't seen. You mentioned some of the people in our conversation before we started recording, and it's like I haven't seen or talked to these people in literally decades. But it'd be interesting to see how these people interact with us now. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you maybe maybe a little closer to it now, and I maybe have the um, benefit of of seeing it more on a more drastic change. But just the way they interact, I always felt the same way too. Where I was in that weird stage of we all gave ourselves shit and razz each other for certain things, and it just so happened that ours used to be the easy one of just being different uh, physically mm-hmm. from being Korean. But at the same time, too, I always felt like we had a good, solid group of friends. So it'd be interesting now to see if that that dynamic has changed at all. Yeah. And I I haven't seen some of the uh, girls in a very, very long time, too. And we kind of just picked up where we left off, like nothing really passed besides, you know, talking about what has passed. But all you need to know is that most of them are married <laughs> and have kids. Like that's, I feel like where all of them are at this point, but, but it's still nice to see them, you know, and like how things have changed, right? Their priorities mm-hmm. have changed from what we might've known from them in high school or college where I feel like all of our priorities were different, right? Where's the next party? <laughs> you know, what, what are we going to yeah. eat to, yeah. okay, Bobby has baseball practice or, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, so yep. it's very interesting. Yeah. So we're thankful that you're a listener. I'm curious to know, I hit on this before too, that some of these comments you're making are so surprising in a, in a good way. i never thought you would reach out and want to talk about these things because just because we never really did. And some people are more to themselves. I am more to myself too. So I got that. But what was the reason why you wanted to come on and talk? And what's something that you want to kind of talk about to our listeners? Well, I think what you guys are doing is great. And I feel that when I started listening to you guys' story, the reason I did reach out was because I feel like even if I wasn't on it, just to, t- to share with you guys that you're not alone. And I know you guys aren't alone, but it's just, especially for you, Ben, like 
we had, I feel like almost the same life, you know, growing up that we Mm -hmm. did have so much similarity and obviously differences, but we probably should have talked more about this when we were younger, (laughs) (laughs) but we, you know, we're, we're young and we didn't, talk about feelings, I guess. And I feel like we've had a lot of deep conversations, especially in college, but uh, we never essentially talked about being Asian. So, right, right. but I don't know. Um, I feel like growing up, I had a excellent support system. And I know like from your previous people that visited, not all were positive. Um, But I feel like the acceptance was there at a young age and I felt very loved and accepted. And I feel like I had friends too that sure, they could joke with me, but if somebody else that wasn't in our circle or say somebody Mm -hmm. from another place said something about me that they would like tell them off or maybe beat them up. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it, it it was just like, I feel like it was, it was safe. I've always felt safe. And I just really feel like the whole situation, it's good to talk about, you know, like talking through it. And maybe there are some, cause like when you guys talked about some other things, I, I thought I never thought about that. And I'm just like, Oh, well maybe I have, maybe I have a little resentment towards this because of, you know, this. So it gave me a lot of perspective too and things that maybe I was hiding or not letting come to surface kind of come up and make me think a little bit more about things and also just to embrace being different and that I should learn more about my Korean heritage and I can and I'm going to tell everybody whether you want to hear it or not and I'm going to make my you know white friends do it whether they like it or not. Yes. <laughs> Think of all the holidays that they make me do. So. <laughs> yeah. I can relate to that. Courtney, we, we have the same friends back in the day, but I remember like getting into physical altercations with people from different towns, like serious physical fights. We could talk you about. Came to my house, you came to my house bloody. I had to oh, give you yeah. that shirt. So yeah. when you were talking oh, about that that god. one time, oh my god, oh my god, I was like, I oh my that. gosh, you were at my house that night. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel bad for the guy in Cambria that got beat up because, yeah, <laughs> that's a different story. That's a different story. But I I do uh, appreciate that camaraderie too. So Courtney, as you know, this season, while we're continuing to share adoptee stories, we're also really trying to focus on the important message that our adoptions aren't necessarily the only things that define us because we're more than just adoptees. So that being said, what parts of your identity are most important to you or what are you most proud of? I would say I'm most proud of my drive for success, whether that's at my job I coach and I very much enjoy Mm -hmm. that mentoring and giving back and trying to make a difference in these girls' lives and people's lives on a daily basis. Yeah. You mentioned in the call too, that your career is very important to you, but what I totally forgot about is that you played volleyball. So you and I both played sports all year round in high school, 
but volleyball stuck out with you and you continued to coach. Well, the reason I did volleyball was because basketball season was way too long. But I <laughs> I know I really enjoy volleyball. I love being that mentor for the girls. I like seeing cuz at my level it's still very new. So developing those skills and getting them ready for the next level. Um, I like seeing progress and I'm very competitive. So I, I, <laughs> I like seeing measurable things in progress. And, you know, in general, I like seeing these girls outside of high school and sports and then growing up and doing bigger and better things than high school. Yeah. And, you know, after sharing your story, like I feel you are the perfect person to give them a great perspective on so many different things. And like you're such you have such a bubbly personality. And there's a reason why everyone loved you in high school is because you could just get along with everyone. And I'm so thankful for people like you that can give these girls someone to look up to because there's not always going to be that person maybe out there for everyone. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences, but just also hearing how successful you are in your career, the progress you made on there, and then also doing the, the great stuff outside of work. It's just a shining beacon for a lot of other Korean adoptees out there too as well that can embrace their Korean heritage, but also have some really great things to share on top of that. Yeah. And for work, I feel like being Asian doesn't define me. Like it doesn't matter that I am Asian or I'm not Asian. I do well at my job because Courtney does well at her job. Or it's not because like I'm a girl in the job or a boy in the job. It's me. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Courtney. I'll be back in Wisconsin over the summer. I don't want to give away the time frame because I feel too much pressure to try to communicate to everyone while I'm back. You, we already talked about this. But um, I, I definitely have learned so much about you, about a person that I've seen and grown up with over you know the big part of our lifetime. And just so excited you can share your stories on, on the show. And I would love to get together to talk some more memories outside of our Korean heritage, but also part of that too as well, because uh, I think we could talk for hours, I'm sure. Yeah. You guys can do it over <laughs> dairy-free bubble tea. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. when you come home at the unannounced time, maybe we could get a bubble tea. <laughs> I love it. It's like gonna... the secret covert bubble tea meeting. Yeah. I'm going to force you to get dairy and then we'll just see what happens. We'll just play, let's play a little game and see what happens. <laughs> but thank you all for listening. And you can follow Courtney on Instagram at CJ Voskel. We will make sure that's in the description so you can get the exact spelling. And as always, follow us on Instagram at Soul Conversations. Check out our website, www.soulconversationspodcast.com. And feel free to send us an email at soulconversationspodcast at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week, and we will catch up with you all on our next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.